When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to The Late Show. I'm Stephen Colbert, and I just want to start off. Thank you, thank you, please, thank you. I don't want to start off by saying happy Thursday. April Fools, it's Friday, ha ha. That, that was fun. Here's something, here's something we haven't talked about in a little while, COVID. We talked about it pretty much every day for two years, but in the last few weeks, it's become clear that it's over in that it will never be over. (laughs) So we're never going to talk about it again, and that's what I'm here to talk to you about. (laughs) You see, COVID's still out there. And last week, over half of the new cases were Omicron BA2, which some call Stealth Omicron, which I call BS on. (laughs) Something can't be stealth if we're detecting it everywhere. That's the viral equivalent of a ninja wearing a roadwork vest. (laughs) The White House, in response... (laughs) Big fans of road construction here. The White House, in response, is proposing to jack up the FDA's budget with much of the $2.1 billion increase aimed at preparing for another pandemic. Ah, ah, you don't get another pandemic until you finish your first one. Which you never will, mister. Which you... It's been two years. It's been two years since the first pandemic hit. And we we all remember when the government rushed to provide relief to ordinary Americans. Well, it turns out some of those ordinary Americans are extraordinary jerks because prosecutors are now saying that folks ripping off pandemic relief was the largest fraud in U.S. history. Really? I thought the largest fraud was the claim that America runs on Dunkin'. (laughs) Because after a box of munchkins and a frozen mocha culotta, I am not running anywhere. (laughs) I am barely crawling to the couch. Some of... Are they a sponsor? Not tonight. Not tonight. Some of the fraud took place with uh, the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, which was supposed to help small businesses keep their workers employed. The thing is, many of those businesses and workers who received the money didn't actually exist. For example, one woman claimed to generate over $800,000 in income and employed five individuals from a farm based in the yard of her Florida home. Okay, sounds fishy, but your home can be a farm because legally in Florida, meth is a vegetable. (laughs) And fresh... Bringing in the crop. These are crooks who have been caught haven't exactly been cooperative. One California couple sliced off their electronic monitoring bracelets and vanished in August, leaving behind their three teenage children. (laughs) Wow. So on the downside, massive fraud. On the upside, house party at Brandy's. (laughs) And I'm making PJ. 
turning to the war in Ukraine, there is still a war in Ukraine, but at least there's still a Ukraine. And that's all because Ukrainian citizens keep up their heroic resistance to the Russian invasion. And that heroism has taken some interesting forms lately. For instance, after Russia bombed a zoo in Kharkiv, one worker drove a van packed with kangaroos and wallabies to safety. That is so cute. That is adorable. And this isn't the first time the kangaroos have been targeted because the animals' enclosures have been repeatedly shelled. It's a story chronicled in the heartwarming family comedy, We Bombed a Zoo. I still can't believe Matt Damon did that. <laughs> they paid him in crypto. Uh, uh, made that up. Some other, some other surviving animals were also safely evacuated, like great apes, monkeys, and turtles. Well, that can't have been easy. Go, turtle, I've opened your cage. Go, free. Run like the wind. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. Come on. And it just, you know what? Yeah, screw it. Just duct tape him to the monkey. He'll be... <laughs> so, speaking of slow-moving, foul-smelling beasts, the former president... <laughs> we had... It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while, I suppose. Old home week. We had a new official statement uh, this week from old Cult 45. As the January 6th investigation continues to close in on him and his criminal associates, of course, he talked about the one issue everyone wants to hear about, his golf game. (laughs) A quick reminder, over a year ago, uh, my doctor advised me to stop doing my impression of the former president because it wasn't very good. (laughs) So, instead, once again, The Late Show will have the former president's statement, actual statement, read by someone with his same level of emotional maturity... A seven-year-old boy. Jim? Many people are asking, so I'll give it to you now. It is 100% true. While playing with the legendary golfer Ernie Els, winner of four majors and approximately 72 other tournaments throughout the world, Gene Sowers, winner of the Senior U.S. Open, Ken Duke, and Mike Goods, both excellent tour players, I made a hole in one. Now... Now, remember, keep this in mind. He said this is 100% true. So I have no doubt his hole-in-one is just as real as his loving marriage. (laughs) But, but wait, there's way too much more. It took place at Trump International Golf Club in West Palm Beach, Florida on the seventh hole, which is playing 181 yards into a slight wind. I hit a five iron, which sailed magnificently into a rather strong wind with approximately five feet of cut, whereupon it bounced twice and then went clank into the hole. Clank? Clank? Golf balls don't clank? Does he not know what things sound like? What kind of sea and say did he have as a kid? The cow says... Ah! Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. <laughs> the statement somehow goes on. Anyway, there's a lot of chatter about it. Quite exciting. And people everywhere seem to be asking for the facts. Playing with that group of wonderful, talented players was a lot of fun. The match was Ernie and me. 
with no strokes against Gene, Mike, and Ken. I won't tell you who won because I'm a very modest individual. And you will then say I was bragging. And I don't like people who brag. Now, because... Because he constantly lies, there's no way to know if he actually got a hole in one. It's a lesson we all learned in that children's book, The Boy Who Cried Golf. <laughs> now, as stupid, as stupid as this stupid, stupid story is, this is exactly the kind of stupid life that stupid man should be living. Forget politics, sir. Instead of lying about winning an election, you can just lie about winning whatever dumb competition they've got going on at your club. I would be so happy to spend the rest of my life hearing more statements like this. Many people are asking, so I'll give it to you now. It is 100% true. While dining with the legendary competitive eater Joey Chestnut, winner of approximately 14 major Nathan's hot dog eating contests, and Bill Barn and Steve Bannon, both excellent eaters, I made a dog in one. I was eating into a slight wind with approximately five inches of chili. I shoved it in my mouth. Where upon it bounced twice and then went clank into my tongue. The math was Joey and me with no strokes. Except for Bill Ball, who had a minor stroke. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, meanwhile. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Stephen. Happy Friday to you, Lewis. I'm very excited tonight. We have, we have two guests here on the same time tonight. Yeah. Just, uh, first of all, John C. Riley is going to be on the show tonight. Uh, to a very special, very special, very special appearance on the show. But also... Uh, uh, two extraordinary uh, artists and Americans in their own right, Ken Burns and Mandy Patankin, are going to be on here tonight. Talk about a new program. Yeah, it's going to be good. Ken's new film, Ben Franklin, which starts Monday on PBS. I'm a big Franklin fan. Yeah? Do you like Franklin? I like Franklin. Ask me if I like Franklin. You like Franklin? I don't know. I've never Frankled. I heard that joke on The Muppet Show in 1977. <laughs> and I remember thinking, that is the greatest joke ever written. I don't know. I've never frankled. I've never frankled. As yeah. a verb. Mm. Mm. Now, uh, you know, folks, I spend most of my time right over there, mining the day's biggest, most important stories, collecting the finest, most topical iron ore, hand-hammering it into joke panels. Then I craft sheets of bronze emblazoned with patterns that tell an epic tale of conquest and glory. Then, using the Germanic tradition press blech process, I place thin sheets of foil against the scenes, and by hammering or otherwise applying pressure from the back, I project these scenes into a pair of cheek guards and a faceplate. And finally, using fluted strips of white alloyed molding, I divide the designs into framed panels and hold it all together using bronze rivets to create the beautiful and intimidating Anglo-Saxon battle helm that is my nightly monologue. But sometimes, sometimes, folks. (laughs) 
Sometimes, just sometimes, I come to my senses fully naked on the deck of a pirate-besieged melee container ship that picked me up floating on the detached door of a porta potty in the Indian Ocean. <laughs> then, after a sunstroke-induced realization that the crew of this ship plans to sell me in exchange for a bag of oranges to fight off scurvy, I lead a mutiny using only a PVC pipe and a pool chain, then accepting my new role as captain and declaring myself king of the wine-dark seas. I grab a dirty mop bucket covered in barnacles and adorn it with the teeth of the vanquished to create the sopping wet pirate crown of news that is my segment. Right there. That's it. That's home base. Meanwhile, <laughs> in medical news, deadly sea snail venom is being targeted for future painkillers. Because as we know, there is no more reliable painkiller than death. <laughs> Apparently, the cone snail's venom contains chemicals called conotoxins, which the creature uses to paralyze its prey. And a modified version of the poison could form the basis of future drugs capable of blocking pain. Should be an easy sell. Hey, not feeling well? Can I interest you in some poison? No? Oh, I forgot to say, it's modified poison. Wait, come back. It might paralyze you. <laughs> Meanwhile, vacuum cleaner maker Dyson has come out with a new set of headphones with an attachment that blows filtered air at your face which they are calling the Dyson Zone. Okay, that's great, but they should fire whoever didn't think of calling them nose-canceling headphones. <laughs> the new... <laughs> that's... <laughs> the new Dyson Zone is perfect for anybody who has ever thought, I want to look like the offspring of Daft Punk and Bane. <laughs> Meanwhile... In British romance news, a metal detectorist had to come to the rescue when a beach proposal went awry. First of all, I did not realize a person who owned a metal detector was called a metal detectorist. <laughs> I thought they were called your Uncle Keith, who's been going through a lot, so let's just have him have this, because at least it's not hurting anyone. <laughs> the incident... That's Keith. That's Keith. The incident happened when the couple lost their ring in the sand on the beach near Cleethorpes, Lincolnshire, England, which is the most British-sounding town since chimney swept upon Crumpenbury Heath. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> positive drug tests for U.S. workers have hit their highest level since 2001, according... According to a, an analysis released Wednesday by Quest Diagnostics, or is there better known to U.S. workers, a bunch of snitches asking for stitches? <laughs> Meanwhile... <laughs> Meanwhile, in confectionery news, someone's selling counterfeit Wonka bars to U.K. shops. And for anyone duped by these fake Wonka bars, a spokesman offered this apology. You get... Nothing! You lose! Good day, sir! Up next, John C. Riley. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. 
It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. We are once again honored to be joined by Sir John C. Riley, uh, star of Boogie Nights, Talladega Nights, and, and, and all the nights in between. John, thank you so much for stopping by. Always a pleasure to have My you pleasure, here. My pleasure, Stephen. I pleasure. know you're busy. Uh, right now, you're starring in Winning Time on HBO. Uh, but I understand you also have a whole bunch of other movies coming out real soon. Yeah, I mean, I've done over 80 movies at this point, so hard to keep track of them all. Right. Yeah. And what's, what's amazing to me is, what's amazing to me is I was looking at the IMDP, IMD, what's it called, IMDPP page? Something like that? IMDP is something, something else. Something like yeah. that. <laughs> that sure is. That sure is. You're great in that, though. Thank you. <laughs> I am especially excited because I just found out, and I did not know this, that I am in like six or seven of the movies that you're coming out with next, and I didn't even know I had shot them with you. What? Well, here's the thing. We, we, you and I both don't know what movies that we're in together Correct. next. I don't know anything about what's about to happen. <laughs> that, that is the premise of the bit we're about to do. So right. what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a look at these posters and do our best to remember the plots of these <laughs> movies that we're in together to generate some buzz, you know, some industry buzz? Yeah, sure. Drive some B.O.? Exactly. You know what I'm talking about? I've driven some B.O. I've driven with some B.O., for sure. Are you ready? Yeah. Then it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for Maybe Coming Soon. All right. All right, here, here, here we go, John. Uh, this is the first film that you and I are going to be in, Maybe Coming Soon. It's called... <laughs> Grandfather clock. Oh, yeah. Hickory Dickory Dock, their grandpa came back as a clock. Yeah. This was a difficult one for me. Well, I was drunk most of the time. Yes. My mm. grandfather and I had a really tough relationship, and, mm -hmm. well, this movie was a struggle, even though it was for kids. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And this is what I didn't expect is the kill count in this movie. <laughs> is the number of people who are brutally murdered by your grandfather... <laughs> Well, it's a str the strike of midnight, you know. Yeah. Meant Grandpa was mm -hmm. giving you the old sleeper. Sure. Yeah. The the big hands on the twelve, the little hands around your throat. Yeah. You were great in this. I learned a lot from you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. This one, this is very exciting. I, this is this Turtle is, Drive. Turtle Drive, slow and steady, wins the Spanish-American War. Wow. This one this one's a re this this one is a remake. Oh yeah. Uh, you're playing a John Wayne's original part. Yes. Yeah. And I am playing a Montgomery Clifts. This movie for me was a slog. Well, I mean, we kept yeah. getting setbacks and, Sure. I mean, the you had the dengue fever. <laughs> I, which I caught from a tortoise. They're filthy animals, right. by the way. And you were like, I don't want to do a love scene with a tortoise. And they were like, like, it won't it's... bite you, and then I get my lips severed. Right. Another yeah. setback, you right. know? Right. The producer's yeah. like, can't they go a little bit faster? I'm like, they're tortoises. You know, you could lure right. them with some lettuce, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the lip bite, all of your lines had to be dubbed after that because you couldn't... Everything... <laughs> They got Kevin James to come in and do all of your lines. <laughs> amazing, amazing job, by the way. You really, it really sounded like you. It launched his career. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. 
Oh, wow. Show feet. Yeah. <laughs> How far would you go to be the world's top foot model? Yeah. The waxing budget and this movie alone. Yes. I still have these shorts. Really? Yeah. Yep. You know, you get a custom pair of shorts like that made. You don't just give them back. No. Well, John, I just want you to know it's, I mean. That's oh, it. Th no, there's one there's more. One there's Hold one on. More. Okay, there's one more. Oh! I'm angry. I'm angry about this next one. Belfast and Furious. <laughs> yeah. This is about the troubles and that we, we fight back. Yeah, I have some troubles on those narrow streets. Of Dublin. Yes. Because you were drifting. You, you were in a Shelby Cobra. I was drifting because of Guinness, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I damaged a lot of buildings in Belfast. Yeah. Um, which was not in the budget. Yeah. And, but Vin Diesel was a joy, as always. Vinny. Vin, Vin, Vinny, see? You know him better than I do. He asked me to call him Mr. Diesel <laughs> the entire time. This wasn't a, an exciting movie to make. Yeah, um, you're Riley, your accent was amazing. I mean, John C. Riley, you had it. It's in your blood. But do a little right. bit. Do a little bit of your Irish accent. Oh, sure, Stephen. Do just do a hair. Wow, I did not see this coming. Do, 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 do you know Danny Boy, right, John? Part. You know Danny Boy, right? This guy, his Danny Boy is extraordinary. Danny Boy. Oh, that's the too pipes, high. The pipes. Wait, let me hear the key. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. From glen to glen and down the mountainside. We're shifting gears and you're the one that's driving. Oh, Danny boy, oh, Danny boy. Bless you, John C. Riley. Winning Time airs Sunday nights on HBO. John C. Riley, everybody, we'll be right back. Coming up, Ken Burns and Mandy Patinkin. Hi, I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. And we want to tell you about Calm the F*** Down, a guided meditation series from the Oversharing Podcast. This is something we've been planning for a long time. It's our most requested segment from the podcast. And these meditations are going to be between five and 10 minutes. They're going to be super quick because we don't have a lot of time. You're going to be so surprised how five to 10 minutes of really thoughtful meditations can transform your whole life. In addition to the first four meditations available at launch, we'll be doing two new meditations every single month. Plus, for the fans of Oversharing Podcast out there, you'll also get ad-free versions of every episode of the Oversharing Podcast. So if somebody wants to become a subscriber, how do they join? It's so easy. You just go to subscribe.betches.com and sign up now for only $4.99 a month. Or you can lock in our discounted rate if you sign up for the whole year. That's subscribe.betches.com. Or if you're in the Apple Podcasts app, you can just hit the subscribe button now and sign up in the app. It's as easy as that. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. My next guests are both legends in their fields. One is an Emmy award-winning documentarian, the other a Tony award-winning actor. They've teamed up for the new film, Benjamin Franklin. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Ken Burns and Mandy Patankin. Good to see you both. Nice to see you. 
Ken, welcome back. Thank you. Manny, welcome back to Broadway. Oh, my God, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the first time I've been in a theater since the pandemic started. Oh, seriously? Wow. I tell you, uh, <laughs> it's really... It's a nice feeling, uh, isn't it? Thank, thank you all for bringing me back to life. <laughs> oh, God. Now, uh, y'all... Oh, my God. Y'all have been working for how long? You guys have been working on this, uh, this uh, the documentary on Benjamin Franklin. I think two hundred and fifty years. years. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it only and feels. How like How long that. have you guys been working together on it? Because uh, spoiler alert: Mandy voices Ben Franklin in right. this. How spoiler long? alert. So yes. we've been working virtually for a year and a half, or yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. And tonight is the first time we've met person to person. So in the dressing room. Really? That's lovely. Zoom, 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 zoom. Any surprises? Is is somebody taller than you thought? Well, I, I uh, his stature is gigantic, so <laughs> he's more of a mensch than I thought he was. No, Kent. Why why did you choose Benjamin Franklin? It's a two-parter. Why Benjamin Franklin as your latest subject, and why were you inspired to have Mandy voice him? So, you know, the, the subjects pick me. Uh, they're not um, a co conscious decision. It's the way somebody... Use a Ouija board or something <laughs> yeah, like that? The way, kind of. You know, you have an idea in your head and it drops down to your heart and you say, okay, we'll do it. Mm -hmm. He's the most accessible of founding fathers. He's the oldest, the wisest. He is a, the only American known throughout the world for his scientific discoveries. He's the greatest diplomat in American history, securing the French support that wins the revolution. He's as important as Washington. Know him, know us. He's an editor of, of Jefferson's prose in the Declaration in the subtlest but most important ways. He forges the, con the, the compromises, some of them tragic, of the Constitution. He's an inventor that he holds all the stuff without patent. He's just irresistible, and he's filled with flaws and contradictions. And that's the important thing. We have in our he editing... He's me. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So... No difference. <laughs> right, so, right, exactly. A man of accomplishment, like Mandy. And, um... I say that with all modesty. So, my, my, my youngest... As always. My youngest daughter, uh, Willa, who's, who's here, and I were watching Homeland. She should not have been watching Homeland at age eight. Mm. And I'm covering up her eyes and trying to explain statecraft and spycraft and, and Afghanistan, Russian, and American relations, when I suddenly went, Mandy, Saul Berenson, the character he plays, Mandy should be Franklin. And we have just plowed from, from that moment on, and it was the best choice. I've worked with great people. He has inhabited this man, this human being, in the most loving way. All the humor intact, all the pathos of the creation of the United States, all the contradictions of slavery and other things. Mandy, doing uh, Franklin, the vo voicing Franklin here, as you dove into this, you know, a real person, but a character in a sense, what did you learn about him that you didn't know? First of all, his humor, like you. Who would we be as a nation without guys like you and Benjamin Franklin? <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> I mean, come on! <laughs> really? You know, it's, uh... Well, that's all we have time for. Thanks, <laughs> fellas.
Did I do it exactly, exactly the way you said it? Exactly as I wrote it. Exactly as I wrote it. Okay, good. But, but then, then, then his humor and then, you know, his genius, how to invent things. Then I start to learn as I'm going along and I'm going, I love this guy. I, lo I can't believe I'm getting to be this guy. He invents the library. He doesn't want any patent for it. He just gives it away. He invents a lightning rod. He gives it away all over the world. Doesn't want anything for it. You know, he's a printer. He wants to bring people into this country. He, he has... He's a ladies' man, which I'm not. You know, I I wanted to be like him in my, <laughs> in, you know, in my big years. I had a buddy of mine, my dearest friend Bob Nitches. We used to sit at the bar and we'd practice. And I'd say, I, I can't. I don't know how to. I don't know how to ask her. Let's practice. I'll be her. You be you. And it just tanked every time. <laughs> and I, Keep in mind this, this right here. Ladies this guy man. was raking him in <laughs> like <laughs> that. Raking him in. So wait a second. We got. We have we have we have a clip we have a clip here of, of uh, Mandy as Franklin. Before we go to this clip, can you tell us what's happening? Yeah. What's he talking so, about in France? So here? the revolution has started. He's dispatched by the Continental Congress to to go to France and try to get money, materiel, and soldiers and a fleet. And it's going to be the most difficult diplomatic mission in the history of the United States. But he's the most famous American for having tamed lightning. So he's he's this rock star. In, in France. You want to sleep with him? love him. Yes. <laughs> and and here, here's some of the ways that was expressed. <laughs> the clay medallion of me was the first of the kind made in France. And the numbers sold are incredible. These, with the pictures, busts, and prints, of which copies upon copies are spread everywhere, have made your father's face as well known as that of the moon. The king, Louis XVI, became sort of slightly annoyed and amused by the cult of Franklin. He had a chamber pot with an image of Franklin put on the inside of it, just as a way of saying, enough already. That's one of the things that people forget about Franklin, is that, well, of course we know who Benjamin Franklin is. We tend to think of like, oh, Washington and Lincoln. but. For say the first century of the United States, there was nobody who compared to the fame of Benjamin Franklin. Nobody. nobody. Yeah, he that's was known why all over the world because he had tamed lightning. He saved lives. He, he was as important as Isaac Newton a century earlier in that century, and he and he's the only person who could have done it. His son was older than Thomas Jefferson and John Adams and Patrick Henry and James Madison. So he is the wise old man that understands. He's the person who's able to forge. The country together. I mean, he is as responsible as Washington for us being here, for us being us and the U.S. And what were the three countries? This is my teacher. What were the three countries that wouldn't sign the Declaration of Independence and uh, the, the Constitution? The state. The state. The state. The yeah. three well, states. It, it was one state that held off. Twelve of the thirteen uh, co colonies signed up for it, but one uh, took a few more days. New York. Uh, to, to decide to sign it. But they also didn't want to because they didn't oh, want to give up the slavery. Oh, so, con so the that's constitution. the Constitution. So he's there. They're the, the, the give me a break. Okay. You know, so. <laughs> so the, there's the Constitution. The, the Declaration is the one where Franklin put the treasure map on the back. Okay. <laughs> yes, right, oh, right. No, the treasure map is on the front. Okay. And, and Jefferson oh, sends Oh, you got him. it wrong. Jefferson... <laughs> I made a joke. <laughs> Jefferson... Jefferson sends the first draft to Franklin, right? And he says, we hold these truths to be sacred and undeniable. Oh, and Franklin goes, uh-uh, this is beautiful, but we're in the Enlightenment, buddy. 
These are self-evident truths, like the sun rises in the east, that all men are created equal, asterisk, Thomas Jefferson owns human beings, asterisk, Benjamin Franklin owns human beings. By the time we get to the Constitution, the southern states don't want to join unless their property, their slaves, are counted for the purposes of representation. And we forge the tragic compromise that creates the United States, without which we would not be together, we'd be warring city-states, by the clause that is so horrific, the three-fifths, counting mm -hmm. the black, stolen African slaves as three-fifths of a human being for the purposes of representation and apportionment. And that gave the South undue legislative control until the Civil War. And, and you, the, don't, so, you don't let Franklin off the hook oh, for no, that. Oh, no, no, no. Franklin, uh, these are tragic compromises that have to be addressed to that. We don't let him off the hook for owning a handful of of household slaves. It's just as bad to have one as it is to have 100. And yet, unlike the other founding fathers, he moves. He's not static. He he's founds a school for black kids and is star startled to discover that they're as apt and prone to learning as white kids. And then by the end of his life, he's leading an abolitionist society and proposes in the new government the thing that he has created, the first resolution to abolish slavery. Senate ignores this, House votes it down with great outrage, but there it is. Well before the abolitionist movement spreads in the country in the 1800s, Benjamin Franklin has put, has gotten on the right side, as the scholar Erica Dunbar says, of the, of the question. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I will ask Ken and Mandy what learning about Franklin teaches us about ourselves. Stick around. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Poncho listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Hey, everybody, we're back here with Mandy Patankin and Ken Burns from the film Benjamin Franklin, which starts Monday on PBS. Ken, you, you often say that, you know, all your films are trying to answer a question, which is, who are we? And I want to ask this question to both of you. Who do you think, learning about Franklin, in what way does it tell us who we are? You know, I think that each project deepens the question, but you don't necessarily get at it. It's elusive, you know? Like you're, like you're out in the ocean and you're chasing a ball. It's like Wilson, you know? Hey, Wilson, come, you know, come back, come back. You, you sort of feel like you touch it. I have to say, Stephen, as I finished this film, I felt closer to it, in a way, because of the spirit of Franklin. The faults as well as the, as the exceptional aspects. And that's the thing we don't do today. He was all about compromise. He was all about working together. He's on the $100 bill. You know, everybody wants more Benjamins, but, you know, we forgot that's only half the story, because he wanted it... He, he retires early and then holds the stuff, as Mandy said, without patent, the inventions that he does, but he wants to promote a civic life. So there's, you know, American freedom is what I want, but it's also what we need. He was born in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, which would become the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and he died in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And that idea of Commonwealth has abandoned us, and as we embraced him, I think we could 
reacqu reacquired a sense of our own possibilities, even in the middle of all of the stuff that's going on now. M Mandy, who to you? What do you learn? What do you learn about this country that I know that you love by studying and being this character of Franklin for us? How often he would sit and listen for the longest period of time while the others spoke. And he would wait for his turn. And then he would offer gold. He had a patience, but most of all, as Ken just said, he had compromise. And he, you know, when, when they signed the, the Declaration of Independence, they say it's July 4th, it was actually July 2nd, I learned. And there were 130 ships waiting to come into New York to attack with, you know, to attack our revolutionary army to end the dream of Franklin and his compatriots of America, to stop it. There were 300 ships in total and all the king's men waiting for us. And where else have we just seen that image but in Ukraine, where the entire Russian army was circling this country to destroy it? And I went, where have I seen that picture before? I saw it in this documentary. I saw it in these books. This was the history of our country. Of us. And of us. And, and it continually repeats itself. And we have to remember that we are all refugees. And he was a refugee. He came here. He, he, he came here, no taxation without representation. I want a voice in my government. I want to be a part of the people. I want to have a business. I want to have a, a life. I want to say, I don't want to be a subject. And all of us, all of our ancestors came to this country for that dream. And we have to remember refugees who are suffering from conflict, co climate change, COVID-19, all over the world, every day. This is a problem that will never go away. And we have to fight for not losing the ability to listen to our uncles, brothers, sisters, friends, cousins, who are on the polar opposite side of our belief system. And we have to find the patience to hear what they're saying and why they're saying what they're saying. They are our fellow citizens and they are our family. They are the fabric of America as we are. And we will not have our democracy, our republic. We will not be able to keep it if we do not find a way to appreciate each other with grace. Ken, Mandy, thank you. Benjamin Franklin premieres Monday on PBS. Ken Burns and Mandy Patinkin, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcast.